0: Hello, I'm Dr. Annaline Weston, Dental Legal Consultant at Dental Protection. Welcome to Risk Bites, a series of podcasts created specifically for dental practitioners in Australia. Risk Bites looks at key dental legal risks and issues affecting dental practitioners across Australia and provides helpful advice and guidance on how to steer clear of them, leaving you free to provide safe and high-quality dental care for your patients. In this edition, my colleague, Dr. Colm Harney, is going to set out the phenomenon of imposter syndrome. This is an interesting one today, Colm, and certainly ties in with my interest in mental health and burnout in the profession. And imposter syndrome is also a phenomenon I often see mentioned on the social media. And by often, I mean a lot. I think this is something that many of us know something about and many of us will have experienced of course in some form or another throughout our lives and our practicing careers but can you tell us exactly what imposter syndrome is
1: Yes Anneline it certainly is something close to my own heart having experienced it on and off many times in my own personal life and in the practice of dentistry It probably makes sense to start with a loose definition which states that imposter syndrome is a pervasive feeling of self-doubt, insecurity, or fraudulence. And it's one that can stubbornly persist despite much evidence to the contrary. So it's that internal monologue that plays inside our heads, that whispers to us that anytime time now, I'm going to get that tap on the shoulder and be told, I see you. I know you're a fraud. You've been found out. And indeed, none other than Albert Einstein described himself as an involuntary swindler whose work didn't deserve as much attention as it got.
0: Yes, I think many will certainly be able to relate to that voice. And it's reassuring in some way to know that we are in such esteemed company. So if acknowledging then that many of us may have experienced imposter syndrome, who else does it affect?
1: Oh, yeah, that's a great question. There is a lot of data on the phenomenon since it was first named in a study in 1978. The literature says that it doesn't discriminate on the basis of gender, race, age, or occupation. It's not some kind of abnormality and important to note really, not necessarily tied to depression, anxiety, or measurable low self-esteem. In the interest of this discussion, I'm gonna cast the net wide and reference an esteemed social commentator, Seth Golden, who states that we're all impostors. Everyone who's doing important work is doing something that might not work. And it's it's extremely likely that they're also not the best qualified person on the planet to be doing the work. How could it be any other way?
0: Yes, that does make sense. So if we accept then that imposter syndrome is very prevalent, How does it tie in with dentistry and with all the high achieving people who practice across all the different pathways in dentistry?
1: Yeah, in dentistry, there are certainly a number of areas where imposter syndrome can play a role for better or for worse. If we start on an objective truth, as dental professionals, we have to most outsiders significant evidence of competence to do the job it's mutually understood between patient and practitioner that there is a high threshold to entry and then a significant amount of study and testing to be done to get that golden ticket, the hard-earned certificate on the wall. We have a job, which means somebody has seen fit to hire us or we've gathered enough resources to start our own business. We wear a uniform, we have fancy equipment and use technical language and we're reasonably well rewarded. So by most metrics of success in modern society, we are high flyers.
0: So why then the critical internal monologue, the feeling that we will be found out?
1: Yeah, well, I think there are a number of reasons for dental professionals. First off is in the early days following our studies and the initial perception that the qualification is the golden ticket. The reality, if it hasn't been made clear at uni, dawns pretty quickly, but the qualification is really only the beginning. The practice of dentistry in whatever field you work in is a lifelong journey of learning on the job, continuing education and mentorship, and discovering the limits of your own capabilities, only to repeat, keep learning, and keep growing. Certainly, I was never told this when I graduated, and the early days of practice were a significant struggle for me. The certificate on the wall was telling me I'm a bona fide, fully qualified dentist. The diagnostic dilemma or the tricky procedure slowly going wrong was telling me otherwise. We are proceduralists working in confined dark spaces to very fine tolerances. Anecdotally, I believe that dental professionals, as a general rule, have a tendency to perfectionism. Combine these initial struggles with the perfectionist tendencies and you have fertile ground for the flourishing of imposter syndrome, especially in those early days of practice. However, once the penny drops and we realize the qualification is only the start of the journey and not the final destination, then becomes easier to put things in perspective. I think we are destined to always be on that learning journey and indeed Over 25 years after receiving the golden ticket, I still learn something every day of practice, whether it be a subtle way of tweaking a procedure, how to better use a new material, or some way I communicated more effectively to a patient, and I can use that again in future. And the question of perfect, really, to be blunt, and we all know this, perfect isn't achievable, not in dentistry, not in any other aspect of life. Perfect is like unicorns and the tooth fairy. Sorry to disappoint some people out there, it just doesn't exist.
0: I agree 100% Colin and there can be no doubt that many dental practitioners find themselves governed by the tyranny of perfectionism, constantly striving to achieve an unobtainable standard and berating themselves when inevitably they fall short. However, Do you think social media may have a role to play here in creating that feeling of inadequacy and self doubt?
1: I think there's no doubt that there's a growing consensus of the impact of social media and what it has on self esteem. If comparison is the thief of joy, then social media has the potential to be that echo chamber that distills all our insecurities and holds them up like a mirror to our face. Those beautifully curated Instagram cases we all see on the perfect patient with the cusp carving and fissure staining are easy to compare with our real world struggle to achieve a tight contact and grinding down all that burly adequate anatomy to match a worn dentition. How could we not be an imposter? And the thoughts often run through our head, wouldn't my patient be better served by seeing somebody as good as that Instagram practitioner? And again, some perspective is needed. I think I've heard some of those prominent DPR and Instagram posters say that it's taken years and years of education, training, and trial and error to get to the point of being able to post those perfect cases. It takes a single-minded dedication, and it's something I really admire, but, and it's nice to aspire to. Yet for me, I'm comfortable running my own race, and at the same time, appreciating what can be done and taking a few tips here and there from those guys.
0: I agree. And the point of running your own race is a great analogy to use here. Yet, for the practitioner prone to imposter syndrome and being held back by the voice whispering inadequacy and doubt, how do they step outside of their comfort zone and make the necessary progress to grow and develop as a practitioner?
1: Yeah, that's really the key issue here. How do we get past imposter syndrome? Because we do need to continue growing. At bare minimum, we need to keep up to date, and not remain stagnant or fall behind in standards required to remain compliant with our code of conduct. You know that one we sign up to every year. It's important to say that there is no one solution as everyone's circumstances will be different, both in their current situation but also the influences of things like past experiences, upbringing, and culture. While some practitioners we see, especially in the early days, may actually be too bold in launching into ventures in cases that they shouldn't, for the practitioner prone to imposter syndrome, there will be an inherent bias towards holding back, biding their time until they feel they're good enough. The only suggestion I can posit is to consider that Maybe there aren't any grown-ups, and everybody feels slightly out of the depth, especially when it comes to important work and breaking new ground. To feel like an imposter, I think, means that you care. You're conscientious and will give your best effort with all the resources available to you at that time. That, to me, is a good thing, and the type of practitioner I would like to see if I were a patient. We need an optimal amount of confidence, Just enough to progress and not remain paralysed by the doubting voice or feeling like a fraud. Yet, not so much as to slip drastically outside our scope or skill set and risk harming our patients. This tension and balancing, to me, are a good thing. There are definitely still times for me when I feel like the least qualified person in the room. The one who doesn't belong. The person who just got lucky and really somebody else deserves to be sitting in my seat. However, I'm comforted by a wonderful anecdote by author Neil Gaiman. He recounts being invited to a gathering some years ago of the great and good somewhere in the USA. Artists, scientists, writers and discoverers of things. He was standing at the back of the hall thinking that any moment they would realise he didn't qualify to be there when he started talking to some very polite elderly gentleman about several things, amongst others their shared first name. Then the gentleman pointed to the hall of people and said words to the effect of, I just look at these people and think, what the heck am I doing here? They've made amazing things, and I just went where I was sent. Mr. Gaiman said, yes, you are the first man on the moon. I think that counts for something. And he realised if Neil Armstrong felt like an imposter, maybe everyone did. Maybe everyone is just working hard, feeling slightly out of the depth, yet doing their best, which is all we can really hope for.
0: That's a great anecdote column and certainly one for us all to reflect on. And thank you so much for today's relevant and helpful content. And of course, thank you all for listening. We do hope this podcast was helpful to you and we look forward to sharing more guidance with you in the future. If you like Dental Protection Podcasts and you'd like to hear more, please subscribe and leave a review.